Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Can you imagine yourself being Joseph? You have dreams about your own life. You have desires for what you want to do. You hope to marry someone and he's a carpenter, so I'm sure he had dreams about what to make, ideas of how to build certain things. And he lived in a city, in a little town, and knew the people there and knew what his life was. But as much as we now revere his place in the life of Jesus as his protector and his guide. If you look at it from the perspective of being a young boy and a young man and having his own dreams, it is in a dream that he receives information about the plans that God had for his life. Has that perhaps happened to you? That you had particular dreams desires, things that you thought you were going to do with your life. And then either God in a dream or through a series of events entrusted you a more precious and different path that might have included treacherous moments and dangerous moments and unexpected moments where you might have asked, why me? Why did you entrust this to me? It is easy to look at the Bible stories and the figures in the Bible and put them in kind of a little box in our minds. And in that little box, to keep them far away from our life because they're just sort of a Bible story. But it is important to practice getting inside of the story and really trying to imagine what it might have been like to be that particular character, even if that's not easy we can then begin to find that their humanity and our humanity have so many things in common that their story can start to become alive. We hear in the story today that Joseph has a father and his father in one of the gospel accounts is called Jacob. But in the Luke account, he is called Heli. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's H-E-L-I or Heli, I suppose. So why do we have names of the father of Joseph to be different? It is through Joseph's parents that the promise of God from old times that we hear in the first reading of 2 Samuel today and also the story that we hear Uh, of St. Paul talking about God delivering on his promises. It is through his uh, father, the father of Joseph, who would be the grandfather of Jesus, that this promise of making um, Jesus a descendant of the tribe of Judah is going to come true. So why do we have two different names If you look in some of the apologist stories that you can find, there is a pretty good explanation that says 
the grandfather is also recorded as Mathan. It's, he's mentioned in the story of Matthew. He marries a woman that is named Esther, and she has a son named Jacob. Mathan dies, and Esther uh, marries Melchi, and he's mentioned in Luke. Sometimes you have to do detective work in the Gospels. And they have a son named Heli. So Jacob and Heli were half-brothers. And if you know about traditions of that time, if one of the brothers was married and died childless, the, br the brother could actually marry the widow. And it is from this marriage, says the uh, this apologist, that Joseph is fathered. So that is one very reasonable way of explaining what these two names are. But can you imagine? You have grandfathers, right? They're born, and Jesus had grandfathers and, and grandmothers, right? And sometimes we also forget that he was for in a family and that these uh, Bible characters were human and they they taught Jesus how to be in the world. And that is such a beautiful thing. That part of genealogy is interesting. But the part about Joseph that is just humbling and stirring in the heart is to know that when Jesus, when uh, God is uh, speaking about when your time comes and you are with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you sprang from your loins and I will make his kingdom firm. He's talking to the father of, he's talking to the father of Jesus in a story that precedes by hundreds of years and it applies to several of the descendants of Jacob that are going to be the line through which God enters into the world. That is the most remarkable thing about the Bible stories, that over hundreds of years prophecies are made that become true and they point to the Savior coming and to God bending down to find us so that we can find our way back to him. In Psalm 89, we read, The son of David will live forever. It will be from the line of David that Jesus comes, and it will be through Joseph. And Joseph is, in that way, the father of nations as well, because he's the father of Jesus who came to save the world. And so, in his kindness... In his generosity, Joseph's kindness and generosity, his chastity, his opening up of his heart, his attentive listening to God's voice, that Jesus is protected and able to fulfill his work of salvation. We don't hear a single word of Joseph in the story uh, of the Bible. We don't have his actual words, but we know that these stories from the Old Testament point to the line of David that will come through the line of Joseph in that as the stepfather of Jesus, he will be the one that helps salvation come into the world. 
in the letter of Paul to the Romans, we read, It was not through the law that the promise was made to Abraham and his descendants that he would inherit the world, but through the righteousness that comes from faith. In that righteousness, that belief that when God speaks to Joseph in a dream and he receives the message of an angel of what he is to do, that he is to accept Mary who is with child even though it is not his child, and later that he is to leave Bethlehem and, and go to Egypt and find uh, rescue there from the persecution and then return and come back um, to Nazareth and, and live there in the years of obscurity where we don't know anything about Jesus except for that 12-year um, visit to the temple where we see that Jesus is pursued by his parents who are trying to find him when he's lost. We know that Joseph was the caretaker, the protector, the guider, the guiding force, the provider. And we read in the letter of the, uh, Paul to the Romans that it is this faith of Abraham, this righteousness, this belief that is present in Joseph because he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and calls into being what does not exist. That is Jesus, and Jesus comes into the world under the protection of Joseph. So we can learn from Joseph to be attentive to God's words, to transform our dreams such that they can align with God's dreams, and to be so close to Jesus that we can pray that our death might be as wonderful as St. Joseph's was because he would have had Mary and Jesus right next to him. So let us go to the throne and say, Father Almighty, you have given us in heaven such a victorious friend. He protected Jesus during his life and he is now available to intercede for us through the communion of saints. In this year of St. Joseph, Father, where we are given indulgences daily, that we can take and pray for other people in our life who need prayers, we ask today that our hearts may be as faithful as Joseph's faithfulness was, that we may believe with such ardent belief like he did, that we put on the, breath, the breastplate of righteousness and that in that breastplate of righteousness we find ourselves protected by the intercession of the stepfather of Jesus. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under the inner room emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.